South Africa's happiness as a nation is under the microscope. I have the distinct honour to welcome Dr. Stephanie Rousseau today, chatting to us all the way from Auckland in New Zealand. She is a senior lecturer in economics at the Auckland University of Technology and agreed to share her ongoing research and tracking project with our Chat Sapphire listeners. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Hi, Tersha and uh, Chat Sapphire listeners. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. It is wonderful that even though we are so far removed in space, that I can connect back with you all in this um, platform. Stephanie completed her qualifications in South Africa, but moved to New Zealand in January 2008. She says that for all the benefits she has enjoyed in her new home country, she still misses the sense of humour that one only finds in South Africa. We certainly have a lot of humour left, but let's find out how we're doing on the happiness index. Stephanie, first of all, why do we need a happiness index and how can we use it? That is a very good question. Why do we need a happiness index and how do we use it? Uh, In order to answer that question, we must just take one step back and we must look at the goal of a government. And the ultimate goal of a government is to increase the well-being of everybody in the country. Now, the problem is traditionally when governments tried to see whether they were successful in increasing the well-being of their citizens, they used pure economic measures to determine the well-being of their people. Uh, more um, explicitly, they used the gross domestic product. And if the gross domestic product went up, they made the assumption that the standard of living of everybody in the country went up as well. But the problem is an economic measure is just that. It's an economic measure. It measures the means of the country. It doesn't measure the end. And the end is to increase the well-being of everybody. Now, if the ultimate goal of a government is to increase the well-being of its people, you must have a measure that captures that. Or how else will you know whether you are succeeding in increasing the well-being of your people? Uh, Since the 1990s, there's been this push from people, um, especially Ed Diener and Layard and Halliwell, they pushed for governments and economists to accept that if you were going to determine the well-being of the people in your country, you have to incorporate a subjective well-being component. Uh, The assumption of uh, economics, the main assumption is that we are rational people and that we make the rational decisions. But that's not true. We are emotive um, people. We make decisions based on our emotions. That governs what we do. So we need this happiness index because the happiness index captures that subject of well-being component that is lacking from an economic, pure economic perspective. Um, And how do we use it? Well, it is completely supplementary to what we already know. Uh, I've never heard any policymaker say, oh, thanks, that's it. No, I don't want any more information to make the best possible decision. The happiness index can be used alongside economic indicators such as GDP or inflation and unemployment. It gives you the nut, a dimension that is lacking from just using pure economic measures to determine the well-being of the nation. How do you go about calculating your happiness index? 
The way that we calculate the happiness index is quite revolutionary. When you uh, or studies usually investigated happiness or um, life satisfaction, they might use of survey data. That is usually your World Happiness Index or your OECD Better Life Index. And the survey data gets released in a time lag of a year. You get asked a question today, um, how satisfied are you with your life? Or generally speaking, how many times this week have you been happy, sad, angry? And then next year this time, those results get released. But our index is unique in that we explore the benefits of big data. Now, the benefits of big data is that it is real-time data, which means there's no time lags involved. The the biggest time lag involved in getting information from using big data for us is one hour. So how it works is we use the Twitter. We use Twitter, the social media platform Twitter, and we extract a live feed of tweets. For South Africa, it's about 60,000 tweets a day. And then what we do is we take each and every one of those tweets and we run a sentiment analysis on that tweet. Now, what a sentiment analysis does is it takes the entire sentiment expressed by the tweet and it tells us whether the sentiment is a positive, negative or neutral sentiment. After that, we run a sentiment balance algorithm and it converts that the, the sentiment of that tweet into a happiness score and we can see um, whether South Africans are very unhappy, zero, very happy, 10 or neutral, five. And it's this happiness score between zero and 10 that we can calculate on an hourly basis, 24-7. So if you actually go on our website, http dot, um, not dot, um, colon forward slash forward slash uh, gross national happiness gnh gnh um, dot today you can see the live tracking of the happiness level for South Africa New Zealand and Australia um, so it is quite revolutionary and what we've done is since February this year in 2020, we do an additional layer of analysis in that we now also extract the emotions that underpins a specific tweet. So we don't just look at whether the sentiment expressed by the tweet is neutral, um, negative or positive, but we also look at the emotion that underpins each and every tweet. Currently, we um, distinguish between eight different emotions, uh, joy, sadness, anger, anticipation, trust, disgust, surprise and fear. Stephanie, we took the initial lockdown in our stride. But what happened to South Africa's happiness levels after our first weekend in level five lockdown? Seeing as we have been tracking South Africa's happiness levels since April 2019, we were in a unique situation that we could see what happened to South Africa's happiness um, and emotions before and after COVID-19 pandemic hit. And what we saw was after the first weekend that South Africans spent in lockdown, uh, they became very, very angry. Um Before their first weekend in lockdown, the main emotions that they experienced were joy. They were anticipating that good things were going to happen. 
they showed trust in the government to handle the situation, trust in their fellow man to do what is required of him or her to, to curb this um, disease. Um, but it changed. After that first weekend in lockdown, it changed and South Africans became more angry. They anticipated the worst and they showed a significant amount of disgust and fear. If we looked at the um, biggest gainers in terms of emotions expressed by South Africans after that first weekend in lockdown, we saw that anger among South Africans increased by nearly 10% and then disgust increased by nearly 8%. Um, the biggest losers in terms of emotions for South Africans after that first weekend spent in lockdown was trust. Trust decreased by 13% in, man, in his fellow man and government. And of course, joy. Joy fell by 6%. If we analyze the actual tweets to understand what drives the increase in anger and disgust and the decrease in trust and joy, we found that a lot of disgust was um, expressed in terms of uh, the, the force that was shown by the police uh, when they fired rubber bullets at the crowd of people, um, poor South Africans that were only trying to purchase essential items. Um, similarly, the other side of the coin was that disgust was shown towards the rich South Africans that were um, buying up all of the food stocks and not leaving any for those that cannot afford um, to, to uh, stuff their houses with um, things that they don't need at the time. Additionally, the, the news of stage six load shedding had a significant negative effect. And of course, the kick in the guts for South Africa was when Moody's downgraded South Africa's government bonds to junk status. What we also saw is that South Africa was quite resilient in that, um, yes, a lot of anger, a lot of disgust, a lot of fear, joy was lost, but there was also positive sentiment expressed after that first weekend in lockdown. And um, the positive sentiment from the South Africans were that they were actually now happy to have some family time, quality time, uninterrupted time, not being part of this rat race. They also saw this time um, as an opportunity for self-reflection. And then, of course, there was those that expressed that this is the time to turn to God. You've been tracking South Africa's happiness levels from before COVID-19 up to today. What factors have you seen matter most for happiness levels now? So like I previously said that we are in this unique situation and we can track um, the South Africans' happiness levels from before COVID right through to when the lockdown happened on 18 March. And currently we have results up until 8 May. Um, so what we saw was when the lockdown at level 5, level 5 lockdown happened on 18 March, there was a significant decrease in the happiness levels of South Africans, which is not that surprising. Um, what we saw when we did further analysis is that the other factors that now negatively influence happiness after we uh, South Africans have been placed in lockdown is the fact that they can't move around anymore. Um, so the lack of ability or mobility uh, to, to walk around and do the things that they love doing, um, being robbed of their liberties, 
um, was a significant negative effect on the happiness levels. Additionally, we saw a lot of concern being expressed about um, potential loss of income and livelihoods in the future. They're just not sure what's going to happen. And the last thing that was of great concern to South Africans and negatively influenced their happiness was the fact that um, the sales of alcohol and tobacco was banned. Uh, That was quite a significant um, uh, factor for the decrease in happiness levels. Uh, Interestingly, though, what we saw is right before lockdown happened on 18 March, the number of COVID-19 cases had a negative effect on the happiness levels. But that was pre-lockdown. After lockdown on 18 March, uh, the effect of the COVID-19 cases being reported on a daily basis, that effect became negligible. It is so small, the effect of the increase in COVID-19 cases on happiness levels, that it is negligible. Um, when, When you then consider this period of before and after the lockdown, there is a U-shape relationship that exists between happiness levels and the number of COVID-19 cases. Uh, In the beginning, the happiness levels initially decreased as the number of COVID-19 cases increased, but only up to a specific point. And then it reaches a turning point where, uh, where after the happiness level seems then to increase again. If you have to ask me what could the explanation be, I would say it's the dissemination of information. Um, when you look at the world mortality rate, it's in the in the range of six percent, but South Africa's uh, mortality rate is is in the area of one point six, one point nine percent, and um, I think as time went by, South Africans fear about one contracting the virus and two um, dying of the virus started being um, alleviated and. Um, they didn't fear um, getting the virus that much anymore. And what is the likelihood that South Africa's happiness levels will increase again? So the, so the last thing that we have been able to do thus far is um, we thought, okay, okay, great. We now know what influences happiness um, after lockdown. That has changed. It was the, um, like I said, it was the fact that you couldn't move around. It was the lack, the fact that you couldn't buy alcohol or tobacco. It was the fact that you didn't know what the future was going to hold. Previously, before lockdown, um, the factors that mattered for happiness was uh, celebrations. Uh, being It being Friday, the promise of having social relationships coming up during the weekend but of course, that had to change after um, the lockdown. So we've thought to ourselves, let's look at what is the likelihood that South Africans will regain the average happiness of 2019, you know, when it was going a little bit better than it is right now. Now, the average happiness that South Africans experienced in 2019 was 6.35. And remember, that goes on a scale from 0 to 10, with 0 being unhappy, 10 being very happy, and 5 being neutral. And we determined the likelihood that South Africans could return to an average happiness level of 6.35. And what we found is not good news at all. We found that the likelihood of South Africans being able to return to the average happiness 
levels of 2019 was only 21%. That means that there's about a one in five chance that people in South Africa will regain the happiness levels of 2019. Uh, we controlled for factors that were introduced after lockdown. But what we saw is that even if uh, lockdown is lifted, the outlook does not improve. Uh, the reason for that is because there are still grave concerns for the economy. What we saw is that sales uh, during lockdown um, decreased significantly. Uh, it might not be surprising because you, in level four and five, only essential goods were being allowed to be bought and produced with now the added benefit of having takeaway food delivered. But sales are one of the cogs in this machine that keeps the economy going. And um, significant decrease in sales coupled with the Reserve Bank's estimation that between three and seven million people will become unemployed as a direct effect of COVID-19. Grave concerns for the economy remain. Uh, plus, there is the added burden of once lockdown gets removed, what will that mean for crime rates again? What will it mean for social unrest or public protest? And all of these compounding factors add to the negative uh, pressure on happiness levels. That was Dr. Stephanie Rousseau, as we introduced her earlier, a senior lecturer in economics at the Auckland University of Technology in New Zealand, doing research on the happiness index of South Africans. At the moment, the outlook sounds rather bleak, and we might have to dig deep and cling to our famous sense of humour even more in the future. Thank you for joining us across the mile, Stephanie. Just before you go, should someone wish to contact you about your work and find out more about this happiness index, would they be able to get hold of you? Thank you so much for having me on your show today, Tersha. I really enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, if you or your Chat Sapphire listeners um, have got any comments, they're always welcome. Any questions, I'm always available to answer them. Um, my contact details uh, are my email is stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E dot Rousseau, R-O-S-S-O-U-W at aut.ac.nz or alternatively, I'm reachable um, on my phone. Um, the code here in New Zealand is double zero six four, and then it is two one zero five six nine six two three. Uh, if you or your listeners feel like checking up on South Africa's happiness levels, please remember that you can see it within an hour of us recording it. Uh, you can go to the website http colon forward slash forward slash gnh that stands for gross national happiness dot today thank you once again for having me and i hope that we will be speaking soon in the future